And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, We are able. And Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. My whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. In 1997, I found myself in Windsor Great Park watching one of the carriage races of which Prince Philip was so fond. And as a carriage approached, I sensed a figure standing at my left elbow, straining to gain a glimpse. I didn't turn to look. I felt it rather nosy to do so. But as the carriage drew near, it was Prince Philip at the helm of the carriage. And so I did then glance out of the corner of my eye at the figure on my left elbow. It was the Queen. And I sense that many, many listening today will view the Queen as having been, in some extraordinary way, a kind of constant presence through their lives. On Thursday, as news broke, the BBC presenter Evan Davis remarked, many of us may feel that we are just a little more alone than we were a few minutes ago. This on its own gives us cause to pause and ponder our human condition. Why is it that we feel that way? But as we pause to mark the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, I want us to consider two simple points. First, the selfless queen who served. Secondly, the servant king who died. The selfless queen, her servant king. The selfless queen who, who served. So many words have been used to describe Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Humility, wisdom, duty, joy, fun, compassion, kindness, interest, permanence, above all, service. Humility. 
It's reported that even as late as last week, the Queen was determined to leave Balmoral for London in order to meet outgoing and incoming prime ministers because, quote, she didn't want to put such busy people to the trouble of traveling all the way to Scotland. Wisdom. We've heard from countless individuals who enjoyed private audiences from ex-prime ministers, chiefs of defense staff, national leaders, Commonwealth dignitaries. Kindness. Uh, did you see Harriet Harman telling the House of Commons of the unexpected call from Her Majesty shortly after I think she had been dismissed from her office? Uh, would you come to tea? Interest. Anybody who ever met Her Majesty will speak of her extraordinary, inquisitive mind, no matter who you were. My mother tells of friends fishing in Scotland. They were walking back from the river along a track, and a Range Rover approached towards them, and as it came near, the window wound down, and there was Her Majesty. Any luck? Fun. James Bond, Paddington Bear. And don't you love that account of the tourists in the local shop at Sandringham? Excuse me, you look remarkably like the Queen. How very reassuring. <laughs> then fortitude. Who can forget the Annus Horribilis? The fire at Windsor Castle, the divorce, Diana's death. But a brilliant judge of people from world leaders through her own family to ordinary men and women. An unusually self-aggrandizing household cavalry officer rode his horse slightly too far to the front as they were engaged in a parade. Back a bit, Ron. They've come to see me, not you. Joy, addressing the General Synod of the Church of England, what matters is holding firmly to the need to communicate the Christian gospel with joy and conviction in our society. But above everything else, it has been the selfless service of Her Majesty that stands out. I declare before you that all my life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. The selfless queen who served. And so we ask, where does this model of leadership come from? What energizes over so many years the servant king who died? Now, the Christian faith of Her Majesty is well charted. The family in which I grew up, whilst many had served the queen in one way or another, were not avid listeners to the queen's Christmas address. I'm sorry if that offends you deeply. But I married into a family that was very different. Everything stopped, and woe betide you if you interrupted in any way. It was quite a shock, I have to tell you. And so I found myself in a lay-by on the way to West Sussex, attending acutely to the Queen's speech on December the 25th, 2016. She spoke of her favorite Christmas carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. She spoke of her favorite verse, and she directed us to her favorite words. But in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him, still the dear Christ enters in. She then said this, It is my prayer that on this Christmas day, 
we might all find room in our lives for the message of the angels, for the love of God, through Christ our Lord. And so the queen was nothing if she was not a Christian, a disciple of the Lord Jesus. She was, in her way, a global evangelist. And whilst there have been many who have served selflessly in one way or another without following Christ, she repeatedly attributed the strength and inspiration for her servant leadership to her faith in Jesus. Jesus inspired her. Jesus energized her. Jesus was her anchor, her stronghold, her refuge. 2022, I know just how much I rely on my faith in Jesus to guide me through the good times and the bad. I draw strength from the message of hope in the Christian faith. 2012. This is the time of year when we remember that God sent his only son to serve and not to be served. He restored love and service to the center of our lives in the person of Jesus Christ. 2014. For me, the life of Jesus Christ is an inspiration and the anchor of my life. 2016. Billions of people now follow Christ's teaching and find him the guiding light for their lives. I am one of them. And this takes us to our reading. Mark chapter 10 and verse 45. You'll find it there on page 30 of the little Mark's gospel. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, you know that those who are considered rulers of the nations, the Gentiles, lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. So may I suggest that it's not so much the length of her service that made it unique, though it was the longest, nor the reach through 15 prime ministers with 15 nations of which she was head of state, all the realms and nations of the Commonwealth as well. What made her service so unique was joy-filled selflessness flowing from Christian faith, and this gave her strength and fortitude. She may have been the rock on which modern Britain was founded. Her own life was rooted in the unshakable fortress of her monarch, the eternal universal king, Lord Jesus Christ. Really, there's one verse that sums it up, and it's there in verse 45, one sentence at the top of the page, bottom of the first paragraph, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
The Son of Man is a title taken by Jesus and used repeatedly. It is a title given by God to his supreme, eternal, everlasting King. There is no higher name than the Son of Man, no greater office, no more exalted position, no other eternal throne than that of the Son of Man. Jesus takes that title and unashamedly uses it for himself. Now, many of us here know the Lord Jesus for ourselves personally. And therefore, it's no surprise to us that he calls himself the Son of Man. He was God incarnate. He ruled in humility, compassion, and kindness on the earth. He turned water into wine. He walked on water. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. His teaching has shaped the whole value system of the Western world. He ruled on earth. He reigns on high. And Her Majesty the Queen's life was founded on the unshakable fortress of her monarch, the Lord Jesus. But the big shock of Mark 10:45 lies in what comes next. Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. So that at the very core of the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ is this virtue, this attribute of selfless service. The God of the Bible has at his very center selflessness, service. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to serve the servant king who died. So if I may put it like this, this is what differentiates Jesus' service to the queen's service. What makes Jesus' service all the more remarkable? She retained her estate. He left his. She held her titles. He surrendered his. She kept her crown. He won his. You will have noticed that the jewel of verse 45 is set in the sordid context of 35 to 44. And Jesus' reign contrasts, as Jesus points out, absolutely with the grubby, selfish, vain ambition of men and women. We don't need to illustrate Jesus' point. Self-promotion, greed, self-advancement, ambition, Indignation at the promotion of others, this is the stuff of man. What was it somebody said? When I hear of a friend's success, something within me dies. And James and John, if you turn back a page, seek preferment. The sons of Zebedee came up to him and said, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit at one on your right and the other on your left in your glory. 
And the other disciples are indignant. Verse 41 at the bottom of the page, when the 10 heard of it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And so we see the grubby jostling, the ambitious backstabbing, the tight-lipped indignation, the jealousy and vanity. And Jesus drills it home in verse 42. You know that those who are considered rulers of the nations lord it over them. Their great ones exercise authority over them. Read the news feeds. Study the history books. Think of your office, perhaps your own boss, your line manager. Look within. And in this context of human sin, we read the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Why did he give his life as a ransom? What is so serious and significant that requires God himself to enter creation in human form and give his life as a ransom? Well, to ransom something is to redeem it. To redeem something is to buy it back. To buy something back is to pay the price of purchase. The Queen, 2011. Although we're capable of great acts of kindness, History tells us that we sometimes need saving from ourselves, from our recklessness or our greed. God sent into the world a unique person, neither a philosopher nor a general, important though they are, but a savior with the power to forgive. Forgiveness lies at the heart of the Christian faith. It is in his forgiveness that we experience the power of God's love. Now, I don't know if you watched the service at St. Paul's Cathedral, or maybe you were at it on Friday night, Friday evening. Liz Truss, the new Prime Minister, read from Romans 14, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, even Queen Elizabeth. In his great love, God himself came down to earth. In his great mercy, God himself took the form of a man. In his selfless service, Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the ransom price that we deserve for our sinful failure to recognize God's authority over us. The servant king who died in his great grace the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, to give his life a ransom for many. And Her Majesty the Queen followed Jesus. Her Majesty the Queen knew the love of Jesus personally. Her Majesty the Queen had experienced herself the love and forgiveness of a greater monarch. And so we don't actually need to pray for her. You'll hear people suggesting they're going to pray for her in the next days, that's completely redundant. She's safe with Jesus. We don't need to doubt her position. Jesus paid the ransom for her sin, and as she stands before the judgment seat of God, with all her own personal failures, which will be many great as she was, she's safe. Jesus paid the ransom price for her sin. 
And with her departure, those of us who follow Jesus, as she did, do not need to fear insecurity or instability. Jesus reigns. And with her now departed, as we pray for King Charles III, that God might develop in him the same mature faith that his mother had, surely it gives us pause to consider our own position. It is my prayer that we might all find room in our lives for the message of the angels, for the love of God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. At her enthronement, Her Majesty the Queen was handed this book, the Bible, with these words, we give you this book, the most valuable thing this world affords. Here is wisdom. Here is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God. I'm told that the Queen Mother's mother her maternal grandmother, Lady Strathern, spent an hour a day reading the Bible with her children, including the Queen Mother, that the Queen Mother in turn subscribed to daily devotional Bible reading notes and regularly read Bible stories to the young princesses Elizabeth and Margaret and taught them to pray. And that both girls started their weekly school lessons with half an hour of Bible reading under the guidance of their governess. As I close, if I dare, may I suggest that while Liz Truss may have said that she was the rock on which modern Britain was founded, the Queen's life was established on a far more stable foundation, that of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that we too, little old us, can be founded on such a rock. Empires come, empires go. Kingdoms rise, kingdoms fall. Movements advance, movements retreat. True stability, security, courage, joy, humility, Forgiveness, eternal life, come from the Queen's monarch and yours. The selfless Queen who served, the servant King who died.